Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news, as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. It was such a pleasure to interview Henriette. She called in all the way from Finland, and I really loved hearing her stories about learning herbs as a child from her grandmother and her decision to finally choose herbalism as the only path for her. Henriette's herbal website was one of the first sites out there, and over the years, she has spent thousands and thousands of hours uploading all sorts of herbal texts, photos, even interesting forum threads. And for many herbalists, her site is the place to go for information not found anywhere else. I've long known of Henriette because she's so generous in sharing her time answering questions online. And then I finally got to meet her a few years back when I was in Scotland, and it was a real treat to take an in-person herb walk with her. Unfortunately, we had a lot of technical issues with this interview. The audio is just a little bit funny in the beginning, but we did quickly fix that, so that gets better. But then her video kept freezing, and so we kind of have to retrace our steps back in the conversation. Hopefully this won't be too noticeable to you. I do have a fabulous video editor, Francesca, but I did give her a lot of work with this one. So I do think this episode is well worth it all the same, even if there's a couple of blips there. My favorite part is really towards the end when I suddenly think to ask her more about her grandmother and what it's like to have an unbroken herbal lineage for countless generations. And she tells a really cool story about the tradition in her grandmother's village in northern Germany. Henriette also shares, of course, great information about Ella Campaign, things I've never heard before. So you'll want to hear that as well. For those of you who don't know Henriette Kress, she's been working with herbs since she was about five. She's a bit older than that now, with a head full of gray hairs and all. She attended the Southwest School of Botanical Medicine in Arizona in 1998, and has been a full-time herbalist in Helsinki, Finland ever since. She has a large website, has written a few books, lectures a lot, and has a distance course in Finnish and Swedish. As you'll see, she's very down-to-earth and practical. Welcome to the show, Henriette. It is an absolute honor to have you here. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Rosalie. This is so much fun. (laughs) Well, it's such a pleasure and It's so fun to be able to interview you when you're so far away. And so, you know, what an amazing thing. Yeah, it's great to see you. It's been several years. We we got to meet in Edinburgh, Scotland about, I don't know, four or five years ago, something like that. Yeah, well, let's, before I start telling our story, I want to hear your story and how 
you began this path of plant love and herbalism? When I was really small, my grandmother used to take me and my sister and brother out on walks in the woods and meadows where she lived. And we would pick plants and she would tell us what they were good for. And one of those times she was telling us about St. John's wort and showed us the color you get from crushing the yellow yellow flowers and if that's not magic I don't know what is getting a red red color this deep purple from that bright yellow flower so I was hooked this was in Germany and when we moved to Finland she started to send me her books and every Christmas and birthday so that was fun I would get a package one of them was 11 kilos because she had all this stuffed in some six kilos of chocolate hmm. And a few books and some dried herbs from her garden. It was really cool to get those packages. Sounds like your grandmother knew that you were really interested. Oh yes, oh yes, she she knew it. And then I was taking these herb books to the Finnish meadows where I lived and trying to check, okay, which plant is this out of all of these on this meadow? And because I had these German books and I lived in a Swedish-speaking part of Finland, I needed to learn the names in German and Swedish. Add English and Finnish to that and you absolutely know the Latin name. Hmm. <laughs> because it doesn't work. I made some mistakes. Once I told my mom I was going to pick a lot of fireweed and I went out and picked a lot of what I thought was fireweed and she said, I think those flower yellow usually. <laughs> so if I had made a tea from those I would have gotten a tummy ache. It was some Lucy, Lucy Makia. Well, I love that story, Henriette, because I think so many of us like desperately wish we had the grandma that taught us herbs out in the field. So that's so, that's so beautiful. And that she sent you herb books and chocolate. Like, yes. <laughs> it was like a win-win. It's yes. also interesting to me that from a very young age, you were learning all these different languages because that is something that I know you well for with your website. <laughs> and having, you know, your website in multiple languages. I want to, I'd love to talk about your website because that was such a formative, like it was such an important, you know, and continues to be such an important resource for me. I want to say that you had the first herbal website ever. Do you think that's true? One of them, at least? Michael Morris is a bit older. Michael Morris is a bit older. Yes. I'm just remembering, did you come and study with Michael Moore? Yes. Yeah. There weren't very many photos of herbs online by at that time but I had them so he showed my pictures mm. in class and then he said yeah and this mugwort is obviously garden grown I said no <laughs> ours mm. are two meters tall and very wide and grow everywhere mm. and things like that so you so you learned as a child with your grandmother and then I'm sure there's some holes to fill in there, but later you came to the Southwest of North America, learned with Michael, and you were, yeah, one of the first people taking photos. And when was your site first created? I was doing the herb fact on Usenet in 93 or 94. Wow. It, it was very popular. Mm. And then Sunset of the University of North Carolina asked if I wanted to do a herb site. And I said, mm. oh yeah, thank you. At that time, websites were about two, $3,000 a month and I wouldn't have had the money for that. <laughs> wow. 
So I put on the herb packs and photos and I started scanning old texts and put them online. I think I started with King's Dispensatory. And so what was that like? Like that was just you and the King's American Dispensary book and a scanner and you just like scanned every page? Yes, and, and did the OCR, Optical Character Recognition. I think it started with one program and then another because it was better and, and, and now a third. Wow. So you were creating a website before I even knew what websites were, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then scanning all those pages. Do you even, so for those of you who don't know, Henriette's website has, I don't you know, so many old texts that these are the only ways that we can often find these texts, which has just been an amazing resource for decades now. And do you know how many books you have on there? 30, 40. 30 or 40 books. It's all cross-indexed by botanical name. Yeah, so you can go in and search for just an herb and find all of these different books that mention it or you can go look at the whole book yeah multiple languages as i mentioned how long does it take to put in a book i mean i'm sure it probably took longer at some point and shorter at other points but so i'm currently working on on blackwell's herbal from 1739 one page needs to be written by hand so it's an hour a page an hour a page I always also have to find the Latin name, which is not that easy. <laughs> oh my gosh, what an amazing resource you are and what an amazing <laughs> resource that you've created for all of us. Yeah, I feel like you're, yeah, when I was like just becoming an herbalist, it was like, that was kind of like a big thing to find. Like, oh my gosh, it was just this treasure trove of resources and information. Yeah, yeah I, I look through all of that too, and I do write about an herb or two because there's so much interesting thing in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you use your own resource. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your plant path before we move on? I was a finance manager and it was very boring, just numbers, numbers. And then I checked what herb schools were available and my promise was affordable. So I told at work that I would leave to study. And then they said, ah, you're not going to get time off. If you leave, you have to. <laughs> so I wrote my re resignation letter that day. Wow. wow. They were very surprised. I have distant students now. <clears throat> I've had them for perhaps 10 years. Hmm. And it's very affordable. And people tell me I should take more money. And hmm. I say, if I wanted to get rich, I would still be a finance manager. Hmm. Well, I'm so grateful that you chose the plant path because you've been a gift to all of us. And Yeah, it's, it's been much more fun than being a finance manager. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm so excited for the plant that you chose today because it's one of my favorites. It's a favorite medicine, but also a favorite plant just to be around. There's something very special about elecampane. So I'd, I'd love to hear why you chose elecampane. Elecampane is special. It's very grounding and it's good for coughs and good to get long-term stuff out of the lungs. And it's good for digestion. 
whenever there's grief, I give a tea with rose and elecampane and lavender or lemon balm or whatever I have. But those two are the base of any grief tea I make. Hmm, that's good to know. The grief goes either into the lungs or into the digestion. So this catches both. Um, also, Christopher Hidley, the British herbalist, said that it used to be called elfwort because when elves shoot you with their arrows, you get holes and all your energy runs out. So I have given it for bone tiredness as well. I think hmm. it's underappreciated. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. I was going to say it's underappreciated as a digestive because I think here it gets so much fame for the lungs, but I love it also so much for digestion. So I'm glad you mentioned that. But yeah, that's a good, I love the reference to elves, of course. <laughs> that's so yeah, you can use either elecampane or angelica. It depends if you if I want a warming digestive lung herb, I more often take angelica and if I want something more cooling I take the elegant pain but mostly it comes down to which I have in my cupboard <laughs> they both work rather similarly and both are very grounding mm -hmm. for grief though I haven't given the angelica just elegant pain and the tea recipe I've given it's with hibiscus because elegant pain is bitter and sour takes out the bitter taste. Mm. So when you have something very bitter, you put something sour on top and the bitter disappears. So it gets way more tastier. Yeah, I love this recipe, the Ella Campaign hibiscus syrup or tea recipe. I When I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's interesting because my what I like to do is combine it with rose hips. Yeah. So it's very similar in that regard. I'm excited to try it for it with the hibiscus. Also because it's going to be really pretty, which <laughs> yes. I like the prettiness that hibiscus offers us. So Yeah, yeah. it's so bright red. Yeah. Yeah. And for the listeners, you can download your free handout of the Ella Campaign Hibiscus Syrup at the show notes at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. When would you turn to this syrup? For cuffs. Syrup is sweetened, so it's for cuffs. You can't give sweetened things like syrups for digestive problems because the sugar will upset the digestion. Mm. Wonderful. Well, it's just so tasty that you won't have anything left when somebody starts to cough. <laughs> They'll keep reaching for the medicine. They'll be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that says something because Ella Campaign on its own is not really tasty. Yeah. <laughs> it is aromatic, but then the bitterness hits it. I like it. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to share about Ella Campaign? It's also used to stop you from uh, following the Elf Queen's dance. So when you can't stop, you just have to continue until you until you really uh, you just fall down. Uh, then you use elecampane again. And this is really know. like a, an elf, an anti-elfin medicine in some ways. Yes. yes. And I had a feeling of it though. Do you do you have a garden, Henriette? Do you grow it? Oh, yes. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't, I mean, just to spend some time with Ella campaign, it definitely feels kind of otherworldly. 
It has a magic to it, certainly. I planted the elecampan in one spot in the garden. It was on the other side of the house, too. And after that, it moved to the third side of the house. And now it's everywhere. Hmm. <laughs> I have a client, and, or had a client, and she had lung problems. And they were really severe. And it was such a clear lung problem that I didn't do the intake form. So I gave her lung herb after lung herb and nothing helped until I gave her the campaign mm. because her problem was a digestive problem and not a lung problem. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, mm. but she got better when we started to fix the digestion. Do you have any other Ella campaign stories? I give it to people who have long-term lung problems to get out the, the, the junk from the lungs and it works. And uh, there was one client who had digestive problems. We did the diet thing and we I gave a, a nice digestive tea, but it was a way better when I added the elecampane in that tea. And mm. then it, and she started to get better much faster. And it's also very grounding. People underestimate the power of a grounding herb. If somebody is building air castles, so that you almost have to jump to get their feet back on the ground. Hmm. And they need these grounding herbs. They are bitter aromatic roots and elecampane is very fine at that. Hmm. The only other part that you can use besides the root is the flower, the yellow part of the flower. The leaf is just very bland. Hmm. That's a question I get a lot is how can people use the leaves because they're so big and luscious and I think it's natural to want to work with them but yeah I also think that there's just not a lot of medicine there necessarily no and yeah. it will cover everything I used to plant lavender next to the elegant pain in my garden but the lavender got covered and died every year yeah <laughs> what do you do with the flowers oh you can make them into tea or a syrup just like the root, it's just not as grounding. If you taste them, mm. just the petals, the yellow part, mm -hmm. they are very aromatic. Hmm, lovely. Thank you for that. That's a good tip. I would. I made a tincture with them once. Yeah, I had this. It had like a reminiscent taste of the root, but it wasn't necessarily as strong as as the root for sure. But I like that distinction between it, the difference in it being grounding. Yeah. But it's often that way with roots and flowers. The flowers are more airy, fairy, and the roots mm -hmm. is more down. Wow. Down to earth, yeah. <laughs> in Finland, does Ella campaign just grow in the you know feral, feral or wild? I've seen it once in the wild. Once, okay. Yeah. I've seen it in Ireland, just wild in Ireland. Yeah, I think Ireland is way more, more south than we are. Plants, where we are. Sometimes I wish I would live there or in Germany or southern Sweden, Sweden even, but then Finland is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to share about Ella Campaign? I don't know. I just like the plant. It's such a nice one. Yeah, yeah. I would love to talk about your practical herb cards and how fun these are. For those of you who don't know, Henry has been publishing this. It looks, if you're watching on YouTube, it looks like a book, and it is a book. 
And then at the end, you have these really cool herb cards, which I just can't bear to take out of my book, which is silly because I should, because they're herb cards. I will get to it maybe one day, but <laughs> for interviewing you, I was like, oh, I'll start taking them out. And I started to, and I just couldn't, I don't know what, what it is here. I will take out this. Oh, it's just, they're just so cool. But tell us how you got this idea to start doing these herb cards. So I was doing this herb of the week thing a couple of years ago and then I checked a few weeks in I checked what I had done with pictures and text and it was just so boring it was just really and then I looked around for the Pokemon cards I said oh yeah that is cool it's one big picture and it's pretty colors and it's uh, icons all over the place and a little text and that's just so cool so then I made herb cards based on that pretty much plant families had their own color scheme so all rose family plants are pink of course (laughs) (laughs) and then the mint family plants i think are yellow with yellow background i mean that's so cool Mm -hmm. and then if you are unsure of your plants you can check the other side of any and see if you know which it is it's like, I like, I like them. I, it was, and they are easy to make. And I made uh, two sets and I'm still making more of them. It's slow now because I made all the cool ones. Except now <laughs> I noticed, whoa, I haven't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't made any on apples. <laughs> so apples is up next. And flaxseed. Nice. <laughs> One of my favorite things about these cards is at the energetics at the bottom. I love how they're on a scale because it is so, it's, you know, as people probably know about me, I love herbal energetics, but it is very limiting to say that a plant is warm or cool or dry or moist because they aren't one thing. They change depending on so many different things, but I love that you have the scale there. So it's not just that a plant is cool, but you can just see like how cooling is, you know, where, where does Henriette put that on the scale? So that's nice. Yeah, and then of course people have different opinions on is it cooling or warming and how cooling and how warming and that's quite okay. They yeah. can put their own little dots on that line. Yeah, that there's so much subjectivity to the herbal energetics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great insight. I love that you were just like, this is just boring. And then yes. you got inspired by Pokemon. <laughs> they were. It was picture and text on top it was like yeah no yeah and you've done such a cool job with these too and that like I love at the back there's like a card stock page that you can pull out and if I ever take out my cards you cut this out and that becomes the box how cool is that yeah and then you get to glue it together (laughs) and glue it together I love it and I ordered my book directly from you many years ago. So <laughs> I've got it signed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it's a fun thing. And I can I can understand that, you know, you've done so many of your favorites and now it might take a while to get some of the, the other ones. But I look forward to all the ones that you keep making. Yeah, I, I put them on Facebook, on my Facebook page as I make them. So no ones pop up there. Oh, nice. And then once you have enough uh, collection, you then put them into the book. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. 
but it's just this fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're having fun, like way more fun than you would as a financial person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that that's a theme. You were like, that was boring. That was boring. So yeah. you're like, for fun. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's cool to have fun. <laughs> well, I'd love to ask you the last question, which is the question I'm asking everybody for season six. And that is that herbs give us so much. How do you like to give back to the plants? How how I like to get back to the plants? Yeah. Oh, I don't ever pick everything. If I can... And I see that they're struggling. I take seeds and put them in other spots, in likely spots. Mm. And I teach a lot. And I do teach about respecting the plants. So when you see a wild angelica, it has one big seed ball. And then if it has the energy, it makes a lot of small ones. So you can pick seeds if you want, but you're not allowed to touch the big one. Hmm. That's Angelicus, because it's biennial, biennial, it dies after it has done seeds. So that's its own, and uh, you can take whatever you want from the rest. And I teach this, and I teach similar things with other annuals and biennials, that you have to leave some for the plant. Hmm. And yeah, it's, I think it's respecting the greens, I think. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, that was the word I was going to say is respect, like a great deal of respect for the yeah. plants themselves. Yeah. I have a question that just popped into my head. I'm wondering if there is anything that your grandmother taught you that like has stayed with you or, you know, just any like a saying or a plant that she introduced you to that you think of your grandmother. She absolutely loved lavender. She made lavender oil every year. I like to make lavender oil every year. Hmm. The lavender oil is just normal herb oil. You put the flowers into oil and water bath. Water bath. It's very soothing and very calming. Mm -hmm. She also told me about primula. I don't know what it's called in English. <laughs> is that evening primrose? Yes. Yeah. And the, uh, she picked the flowers for cough also. Mm -hmm. It's not growing here and I don't have it in my garden, but whenever I see one, I remember grandma. Hmm. I love that. And I love to just think of your family lineage as having, you know, this kind of unbroken chain of, because you can imagine that your grandmother learned it from her mother or her grandmother and, and back and back and back. Yeah. She was in a village in the Northern Germany. And in that village, I'm told every house had its own herb that they were supposed to pick. And her family had to pick a calamus, a sweet flag. Mm. So whenever anybody needed sweet flag, they would go to her house and say, I need now. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So every house had their herb. Yeah. Wow. That they picked for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love that on so many levels. It's all these people, like, one, there's the pride of, like, doing that for the whole village. And then, two, just having that deep relationship of, like, you know where to go for the, say, the sweet flag or calamus. And you yeah. know how to tend that well and oh i've never heard of anything like that before that's wonderful i ex i expect they had the normal ones all of them but then the more exotic ones then this is yours and mm -hmm. when i need some other 
hard to find friend I go to go to that family hmm oh thank you so much for sharing that Henry <laughs> yeah it sounds like a very smart way to do things mm-hmm. yeah yeah it does well thank you so much for spending time with us thanks for calling in all the way from Finland and taking some of your evening to be here and and for sharing about your family for sharing about Ella campaign and and just thank you as well for all the wonderful resources that you've given us over the decades from your amazing website to fun things like your practical <laughs> cards. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love, oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, this was cool. For the listeners, don't forget to head over to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Henriette's recipe for an Ella campaign and hibiscus syrup. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. You can also find Henriette at www.henriettes-herb.com. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks. I'm so glad that you're here as part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.